here on Friday talking about that big court case and we came back to it before we jump on to this yellow stuff I got I got a question answered I've been uh, I've been hanging on since I got this Optimus Prime up here my buddy Holland Cowmobile he finally answered the question how much popcorn can you put in this thing if it was a real 53 10,000 pounds of popcorn thank you Holland Cowboy solve that one for me well, like I said, when we left you on Friday, right, the, courts had, uh, the court had said Yellow can go on strike. They denied, they denied um, Yellow trying to stop them. They said the Teamsters can go on strike. They started putting these strike notices on all the doors. Same thing we advised you. Show this, yeah, show this strike notice here. They're advising all the employees to take everything they belong with them. They might be going on strike. You might not be allowed back in the building. All right, well, then you fast forward to Sunday evening. Everyone's sitting around around 6 o'clock, 6 o'clock Eastern time, and a big announcement. This one came through the wire from the Teamsters. Todd Main reports, Teamsters at less than truckload carrier Yellow Corp will not be on strike Monday as previously planned. Central States funds agreed Sunday to extend health care benefits for employees at YRC Freight in Holland. Yellow now has 30 days to pay $50 million to catch up on its benefits payments. A statement from the Teamsters said it expects the company to make the payments within the next two weeks but they're not close to being out of the woods here yet big issue we were talking about last week was everybody pulling freight right um we had one worker here he said friday our terminal take a look at this thing too this thing's empty friday our term take a look at that terminal yeah friday our terminal didn't pick up any freight due to the looming strike we did not want them to have freight stuck in our system we have already lost customers and had freight diverted the situation is dire averting the strike is just going to delay the inevitable i'm afraid We'll find out all about that today. We got a couple of drivers that are going to be coming on the show. Uh, there's other drivers too who, who messaged us last week on Friday. They said they've already moved over to ABF Freight. A lot going on today. Let's get to our first guest, but first we got to tip the band. What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best Last Mile Delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free up to $300. Go to Freight.com. Use the code first 3 Free. On deck today, I'm talking to hopefully a pair of yellow drivers. I see at least one of them. Uh, I see at least one of them. Jay, you look fantastic. I'll be with you in just a second here. At the, like I said, at the 11th hour Sunday, the company was spared. We're going to talk to him. Dwayne might be coming up with us too. Yellow isn't the only company on the clock with UPS strike looming over August 1st. Shippers are looking for contingency plans. Luke Denny, co-founder and CEO over at Freight's here to tell us what they can do for them. John Seidel, Vice President of Risk Services at Reliance Partners, educates us on FMCSA rating scores, how to deal with them. Cancer couldn't take down Dan Deegan, and neither can a bad market in a freight recession. We'll find out how this owner of high-performance logistics sales has overcome both. Plus, uh, we got a bragging double broker on here, swimming with sharks and yellow alternatives for drivers. But we got Jay here with us right now, and I think that's Dwayne as well. So let's bring them both up. Gentlemen, great to see you. Great to see you as well. And this is uh, you're, you're Jay, right? Jay, where are, you, uh, where are you coming in from? Where do you work out of? Oklahoma City Terminal. Oklahoma City Terminal. And Dwayne, you're looking great too. I see a bunch of boxes behind you. Ooh, Dwayne might have froze up. He does have a bunch of boxes. I swear. So, <laughs> hey, man, what's the, what's the vibe going on there? You know, this was a highly contentious day on Friday. All you guys thought, like, today maybe there would be no work. To be honest, I thought the same thing. I came back to 
I was working Friday and I went to Memphis and I came back to my employees uh, Saturday night at like, I guess you could say the Sunday morning around 1 p.m. And they advised me that not to come to work Monday. They said we're going to be on strike, get all my stuff out out of uh, the terminal. So I thought we were going to be on strike until Sunday, like you said, around 6 p.m. And I heard that we're not going on strike. i like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> So what is what's what's like the vibe over there? Uh, you don't look like. Did you go into work today, or you, did you take some PTO? No, actually, I had to go today. <laughs> I was going to work today, regardless if they strike or not. I, I'm not with them. I hear you. I hear. You. I think we might have Dwayne here too. Dwayne, where are you coming in from? Dwayne, you got us. He's having a little connectivity trouble over there. Yeah, he can't hear us. Let's go back to Jake. Jay, tell me a little bit about the, the, the vibe over there. What are you hearing from your coworkers? What are people saying? And are you happy with this temporary resolution that they've come through with? Uh, I guess I am. I'm somewhat happy because I, I can understand the reason why a lot of guys are upset because a lot of guys at Yellow, they are older. I think the average age for a Yellow driver is around 55, I believe. We have a whole bunch of 50s to 60s to 70-year-old drivers. We, we also have one 82-year-old 82-year-old driver driving for yellow. So I can understand why they've been all frustrated about the yellow not paying the insurance. But at the same time, those guys, they voted for it. They caused this problem. You can't can't get mad at something you voted for, you voted on. Those guys voted on this, and now years later, they want to come and cry about it. Wow. How do you think this goes down? So, you, like, Yellow has a couple weeks to, to buy time, but this doesn't resolve a lot of the critical issues that the Teamsters have been having with the company in terms of pay, in terms of conditions, in terms of what they want out of you with One Yellow. I mean, I don't see a problem with One Yellow because FedEx yeah. is doing it. FedEx doing One uh, one FedEx. That means they're putting all their companies together. That way they ain't serving the same customer with two different divisions. So I don't understand why a lot of drivers upset with that. Or one yellow who don't want to work a five day work week. That's definitely upset because a lot of these guys live like 45 minutes away or hour away from the terminal, so they don't want to be home every day. But they don't understand the company ain't just catering for them. A lot of younger generations don't want to be gone three or four days at a time, they want to be home every day. They want to see their family, they want to see their kids, uh, raise their kids and see their kids' game. So I don't understand why they're complaining. And another thing they're complaining about is working on the dock. It do not say most. Oh, all right, I'm gonna backtrack. A yeah. lot of single, uh, single guys. Um, I said single. I mean <laughs> senior guys yeah. at Yellow would not work the dock. It will mostly affect the new people. It's they. A lot of those guys uh, spreading this false notion is uh, we're gonna drive ten hours then work the dock. It do not say that nowhere around. It says you will work the dock if you drive less than 175 miles for your home terminal. That is it. it so that what's the 175 mile? What's that? Three hours? Uh, three? You drive three hours, you work the dock. So you drive nine to ten hours, you don't have to work the dock. So they spreading that. And I think Mr. O'Brien, the one spreading it the most, he the one putting all this negative annotation out there. Oh, wow. Okay, so everyone's not on board with this. Not, it's not like everyone agrees that you guys should be on strike and Yellow's completely in the wrong. Because there is, like, both, like, like any argument, both sides have some logic, right? Like, the one Yellow plan, it seems necessary for the survival of Yellow moving forward. You have so many assets, and you haven't really homogenized company culture. 
um, in years, right? In, in or you maybe have never had. So now you can bring everybody up again under one roof, use your own systems, use, your, use trucks under one giant network instead of something that's fractured. Yes, I don't understand why they don't want that. Why they don't want the company to survive. Because I believe we spend a night in the hotel rooms, right, as a driver. I cannot speak about the dock because I'm not on the dock. I can only speak about being a driver. Yeah. I think the average the average hotel room is like $65. And times that time, what, 5000 a day, y'all are spending. So they're trying to get rid of the hotel rooms and make you sleep in your own bed. So that'll save some money right there. So I don't understand why they don't want the company to do that. I guess I'm pretty new. I've only been here two and a half years. So I can understand a lot of these guys got a lot of time invested. So I completely understand where they're coming from. But at the same time, I didn't lose 15%. So it does not affect me. So it don't touch my soul like it touched a lot of these drivers. So, Dwayne, how about you? Where are you coming in from? I think we got you in now. Where are you coming in from? I mean, I'm coming from Miami. Miami, yeah, you're over at that Miami Dade terminal. Um, I think that your terminal is yeah. where that video went viral, right? The guy yelling about his pension. He was really, really upset. I'm, it was I'm, a con- I'm the guy. I'm the guy who was yelling the pension. That's me. Oh, that's you, Stevens. I'm yelling about the pension. Yes. Tell us how you. I've been there for more than thirty years. And you know, and every contract, I don't been through six different terminal right. terminal managers. I don't been through a bunch of um. Uh, um, contracts and every contract they tell they feed us a bunch of lies. They tell us they're gonna make good on the pension. They're gonna make good on the pension, and they yet to make good on the pension. I mean, come on, we underpay. We out here working. We we get less than every other truck driver out here, non-union and non-union. But they keep promising us they're gonna make us whole again, but they never do. So what's the vibe over in Miami today? You guys all thought you'd be on strike, and now you're back here. They have two weeks to pay the union. Last night, I was at the union hall, and I was helping making the signs for the strike. We print up all the signs to, for the strike. And sooner, um, and we got the phone call, no strike. So, but we was ready to go. Um, I know that, you know, if you've been here long as I have, you see the co- this company yellow, everything they seem to touch go down, go down. We got a guy on here, the guy you're talking to, a nice guy, I understand, but when you invest 30 something years to a company, you, I feel my energy is a little different than yours. Yeah. So you can't, you know, but I really know. I watch so many different contracts over the years, and every year they keep promising us they're going to make us whole. Yes, I do want to re- retire with a full pension. So come on. This is for somebody I've been working for my whole entire life. Dwayne, and all is- of a sudden you want to snatch from me? Come on, bro. Feel my pain a little bit. So, Jay, Jay, is this. Well, Dwayne, hold on. Let me ask Jay something here. Is this something, Jay, is this something you're noticing, too, that uh, that the younger guys and the older guys kind of have a different opinion on this one? The guys who put their 30 years in versus the guys who have two, they kind of have a different perspective on how they want work to go? Is that fair? We, we built this, built this yeah. company where guys like him come We built this company. I was at this company when I was driving a box truck with just a fan blowing on me. I was at this company when everything... On the on the floor, and we used to load by hand and stuff, you know, thousands of boxes and stuff by hand. Everything now is pelletized. I sweat my ass off for this company. I've been through two knee surgeries for this company, and then I got a guy come on here, been here for two years, gonna tell me more about the company than I know. I've been here for thirty, 
33 years and you're going to come back and tell me about how this company is and what it should be? I understand. The new format they have is good. I have nothing against that. Yeah. But at the same time, we old guys want our pension. Yeah. We want our pension. I'm sorry, we want our pension. We deserve it, bro. You may can't see it right now, but live as long as I live, then you come back and tell me you won't want your pension after you. They promise to you. See, when I'm when I'm when I'm gone, you're still gonna be working. But guess what I gotta do? I gotta live on whatever I got. But I pay my dues to get what they promised me. It's a promise. And and you got big corporations, they tell you they're gonna do something, and at the end, they take it away from you. That shit hurt, man. I gotta live. God may give me another 20, 30 years. I don't know. I work hard for that pension. I want it. And health insurance is important to everybody, even you, because you don't know what may happen tomorrow. No. no so that's all we want. But, no. the change, but the change of operation, I have nothing against that. It's good. But you got to make it fair. These guys, a lot of people can't lose their, lose their job on this, huh? Yeah. No, so we have two. A lot of people lose their job. Look, Joey, we have two completely different perspectives here. We got someone relatively new in their career with this company. We got someone who's been 30 years, and I understand you put all that blood, sweat, and tears. Jay, have you noticed this? Is there a big difference in opinion with, with, with younger guys like yourself and the guys who've put this all in here? Because, I mean, you've got to worry about the next day and the next year. She's worrying about a pension. You've got two differences of, of sort of perspective. Yes, I believe it is a very difference between the older guys and the, uh, the, uh, the newer generation. They do clash heads a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to sound disheartened or I don't care, but that's those guys. You don't they care. rely on the company. They rely on the company to take care of them. You never rely on the company. In, in, 19, in, in 1978, when they when they been at the 401k, most of all companies start switching to the 401k and they start doing matches. So please tell me, ask, ask the Detroit automakers, Ask all the people up in the Northeast who worked in those steel mills, how did the pension work out for them? Did the company have their best interest in mind? No, it did not. So I don't understand why these drivers work all these years and rely on the company to take care of them, rely on a company for their retirement. I rely, I don't rely on the company for my retirement. Also, Yellow offered a 401k, and nobody, none of the old drivers used the 401k, and now they want to sit here and cry about the pension. No, that's your fault. You had 30 years to put some money away in a Roth IRA or a uh, or IRA or the 401k, but you chose not to. You chose to rely on the company. You can't brag about capitalism that capitalism happened to you and cry about it. Wow. Uh, Dwayne, anything to say? Again, we're in two, two different generations here. And like I said, this guy is a baby. He ain't paying no dues and stuff. He barely got his foot wet, but he know every damn thing. Again to you again. It's, it's, it's the half of the company is still 25 to 30 cent guys in my bracket. Okay. Now we want what was promised to us, no matter how you think in your mind, oh, we should have did this and that. Regardless of what you may feel, we deserve it. It was a promise to us and it's taken away. And it's people like you. Calm down a little bit, bro, and look at it from my perspective. You are a baby in this stuff. You are just a baby, <laughs> but you got all the damn answers, stuff, man. Listen, bro, bro. Well, How many times a company can lie to you and you no, just keep believing it? That's you guys' fault. Listen to me, son. Your mouth is humming a lot of people. You need to go look in the mirror a little bit and understand. Your mouth is humming a lot of people. Humming a lot of people. I hope you get your 401k. And I hope you do all your investments you do. But yep. in the meantime, they're not putting their own destiny in their hand is harming themselves. They're harming themselves. Regardless of what you say, it's still guys, guys like me telling us what we should have did 
what we kind of did, this and that, it don't matter. All thing matter right now is the company made promises they're not keeping. Now, you got other freight companies out there, like ABF, got a full pension, okay? You got UPS with a full pension. This is the third largest trucking company in the United States. Know what they're doing. They're putting their money where they want to put it at and not putting it back on the employees. That's why we get paid what we get paid. And it's guys like you who's satisfied and knowing the cost of living is going up, but we can't stay. We ain't not even keeping up the cost of living. But you got all the answers. You're so smart, man. You're so smart. Please slow down a little bit. Don't be so smart. Don't be so smart. No, no, no. So smart in your mind. Guys, you're not enemies, though, man. You're like you're all trying to. You got to pull this. You got to pull this together. You think? Let's talk about this, Dwayne. It's kind of a critical situation, man. You do. Let me hold on. Let's just one second. Let me ask you guys something here. Hold on a second. I got. I got to bring order in the court, Dwayne. Order in the court. You think this company's here by September? Do you think this company can survive this with all the freight being pulled? Um, no, I do not. And but I will. I was. I was. I was going to stand on the picket line yesterday because you know uh, I'm very close with the, all the people at the union hall, and and I go talk to union and and I'm more like a trustee down there, so I know what's going on before things happen. So by me watching and seeing things going on, I realized that um I realized my feelings are a little different than other people. I get more of an insight because I know a lot of. Good people, and they're good people. They mean well, but at yeah. the same time, when you got a company, Ella Freight, been making promises since 2008, 2009. We gave, you know, you know what it feel like. This guy don't understand. I've got to say he's a baby and all this, but he got all the answers. You know, what it feel like to get a paycheck to say, 15, wait, give back 15 percent. You know, we gave back 15 percent. Then the next contract, you know, turn. Uh oh, do we lose Dwayne? Jay, I think we might have lost Dwayne. He was bringing a lot of heat, a lot of energy. I, I kind of feel like you empathize with him a little bit, but you understand, too, there's new drivers. you got to get this one yellow thing. Do you, do you agree with him, though? Do you think this company's here in September? Uh, First, I want to uh, talk that he said about yeah. the pinch, about them guys voted for. Those guys in 2008 voted for that. I understand that, but you guys voted for it. If you guys stood tall way back in 2008, 2009, yes. I guarantee you won't be going through this, but you guys voted for that. Now, you asked me a question that do I believe the company will be here in two months? I don't know, because they pulling freight like it ain't nothing. And Mr. I think Mr. O'Brien putting a tombstone with yellow name on it, and he putting everything in the public, running up, making the brokers pull their freight back. Jay, all right, Dwayne. I'll let you have one. I'll let you say one thing before I let you guys go because we're out of time in this segment. But, but Jay, yeah, anyone wants to reach out to you, you. You need some help. Maybe Yellow doesn't make it. How do they? How do they contact you? I have a YouTube channel. It's called JL Four Zero Five Life. Like J A Y, the letter L. For some reason, I connected Four Zero Five and Life. You can you can contact me through YouTube. Jay, thank you so much, man. Thank you for sharing your, your perspective on this. It's obviously a tough time on, on all levels right here. Joy, before I let you go, uh, any last words and, and how do people uh, get in touch with you? Well, I don't have a YouTube channel like this guy. I don't have anything. I'm not a social yeah. media type guy, but if you have an email, my email is king, K-I-N-G minus M-I-N-U-S 45 at Gmail. You can email me. That's all I have. I'm not into the social media stuff, but at the same time, I understand his opinion, and I respect his opinion. But at the same time, I want the young fellow 
to respect my opinion and an older guy's opinion. Me and him can disagree. Yeah. We can disagree, but we still portrait to each other. Bro, it hurt us to work so many years and walk away but nothing. That's all I'm saying to you. And like I say, I was here through so many different contracts. Hey, and amen. we are hurting right now. Amen, man. Amen. I, I hope Yellow can pull their way out of it. Um, but if you can't, we're going to cover contingency plans and things like that. I'm rooting for you guys. I hope everyone gets on the, on the same page soon. You can come to a resolution that works for, for everybody. Thank you so much for coming on during these trying times. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, everybody. Meanwhile, take a look at this. Raw News Alert says dramatic footage caught on video shows a possible stolen car plunging down Sanchez Street stairs, landing upside down. Fortunately, I'm not sure if anybody was inside that one. Looks brutal. Man, let's bring Luke Denny up, co-founder and CEO at Freight. Wait, this Luke, you were just hearing that conversation with the, uh, with the yellow drivers over there. Still a very contentious situation that's still up in the air. Yeah, I mean, gosh, Dooner, you can just hear the frustration. And I feel like they both have valid arguments on what's going on. I mean, you can just hear it on the deferred promises made and not being kept um, uncertainty of survival and just the frustration with management. Like I just, you know, they, they're both coming at it. Like you pointed out from two different sides with, you know, one being there for 30 years, the other one for just recently, but I feel for them, man. It's, it's not a, it's not a fun situation going on. No. When you talk about the potential largest <sighs> trucking bankruptcy in history, it's never going to go, it's never going to go down easy. And what we said numerous times is, yeah, the company's going to fight. Yeah, these bankers are going to fight. The right. teamsters are going to fight. But ultimately, the people who are hurt are the 30,000 employees who have to figure it all out again and have to worry about all of this stuff. By the way, Luke, you are a, you're a Cincy guy, are you not? I am a Cincy guy. Go Reds. Now, you have my guy out there, Chattanooga Lookout legend, Ellie De La Cruz, man. He's been making you guys have a nice little summer. He's my favorite. I've got a I've got an argument with my brother right now on who's the best rookie, but Cruz is my guy. He's 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 the man. Absolutely. You no. saw you saw the the steal of home, right? Like that was just It's amazing. He's electrifying. He's electrifying and and you know, since he needed a player like that, he came in at the MLB needed a player like that. He came in at the right time and kids like him too. And you need more kids getting into the sport. No, absolutely. They're they're exciting to watch. It's been fun. Yeah. So Luke, I mean, you heard the conversation. If I'm a shipper listening to that conversation, I haven't already diverted my freight. I probably want to divert my freight because everything's still up in the air. You've got a generational battle. You've got a Teamster battle. You've got a company battle. We've got a UPS strike on deck, too, that could happen August 1st. What could freight do for someone, the customer now, who's caught in between all this? Yeah, it's just crazy right now. But we've, we've received so much feedback and thoughts around, you know, what's going to actually happen. Regardless of what happens, Dooner, we've been working with brands that are looking to make contingency plans. And one thing just to remember is carrier diversification. It's been going on for a while. This mission was on top of shippers' minds most of last year. I mean, there's, there's added safety. There's cost reduction by not putting the majority of your delivery eggs into any one carrier basket. So right now we're actively working with shippers. Uh, making contingency plans, or we'll need, they might need help, you know, keeping deliveries going. Uh, we have one of the best nationwide last mile driver networks. And just to back that up, only 20% of our driver applicants actually make it through the freight vetting process. So there is a high focus on quality 
with our drivers and trying to get the best. And just maybe one last thing. We also have a very large partnership network uh, that we're collaborating with right now on to serve shippers uh, with whatever happens. Sometimes the best help we can provide is just a genuine referral to the right partner. So that's that's what we're doing right now. Luke, should I be putting my freight with, with someone else? Should I be putting it with Yellow or UPS right now? It, it seems risky. You know, it's it's all about contingency planning. I, I, I'm, I won't comment, you know, directly on that. I just think there is safety and diversification. Um, you know, again, regardless of what happens, it's, it is fun and interesting to see. I shouldn't say fun. It's, it's interesting to see who thinks that the strike will happen, who thinks it won't. Regardless of what happens, it's, it's all about diversity and safety, even going forward. So yeah. that's what we're hearing. Yeah. Well, you always need a good driver, right? And you guys are releasing a preferred driver program. Tell me about that. That's right. Yeah, we're excited about this. Um, so the most current release that we're doing within our platform is preferred driver, like you said. So this service is being released July 26. Uh, so this coming Wednesday, what preferred driver solves is providing last mile shippers with the ability to actually select their preferred driver within the platform. So their delivery is then offered to that driver they've selected first to either accept or reject it before going out to the freight marketplace. And what we're excited about is preferred driver provides shippers with a premium service that goes above and beyond what a marketplace experience offers. At times, we've heard requests from shippers for consistency and familiarity over speed and capacity. So with the freight preferred driver service, you can actually utilize your favorite driver, but still maintain an on-demand setting and keep the costs optimized. So this is, again, coming out on Wednesday. Uh, we've alerted our driver base to get ready. Uh, we're excited where this is going to go and what's going to offer shippers above and beyond the marketplace offering. Right. Wow. Well, you, you're attracting new clients and it's, you know, it's a freight recession. So a little cowbell for that. Wait, where's my stick? I can't hear it. There you go. A little cowbell for that. How are you bringing in new clients and who have you brought in? Yeah, it's been, it's, as everybody knows, it's been challenging this year. But one of the segments we're focused on and excited to partner with is quite a few within the 3PL space. So one of the recent ones we've partnered with is Estes Freight Forwarding. We're finding a lot of these well-known brokers and freight forwarders could use extra muscle with their on-demand same-day offering. And we quickly scale same-day with instant access to our network via our online shipper portal. Then, as we evolve the relationship to an integration, the API brings advanced features uh, automatically, like your, you know, your, your batching and routing of larger volume of deliveries within key markets. Uh, one of the other ways that a marketplace model empowers Estes and other 3PLs is with the ability to provide what's called rescue and recovery runs. Uh, so this is where you know a shipment's been, uh, whether it's delayed, whether you're missing a driver, whether the vehicle broke down, you know we get a driver out there ASAP uh, to recover the cargo and get it out, you know either on time or close to on time. And the power of the marketplace is we have over 15,000 drivers across the U.S. that we get them close to the vicinity of the runs needing to be recovered. So time being of the essence, we're able to accommodate these runs and effectively across 
all major markets in the U.S. So that's 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 some of the shippers we've been working with lately. Sounds awesome, Luke. Before I let you go, anything you're excited about this summer before it ends? It doesn't have to be freight related. It could be Cincy related. We got a, uh, a lot of Ohio listeners. Don't don't say uh, summer ending. But I tell you, man, you know Cincinnati sports is just. We've never seen this. I mean, we have a uh, Red, the Reds are in you know first place in their division. You got FC Cincinnati in first place, and then you got the Bengals who are getting fired up. Like we have never seen this. We're we're the city that's got the uh, paper bagged over yeah. our heads at the game. So this is fun right now. You're like this is you're, a lot you're of like fun. the new Boston or something, you know? Like all your teams just coming together at, <laughs> at once, so everyone can get sick of them after like a couple years. <laughs> that's right. Well, well said. Yeah, and we've got. A couple team members in Boston, so I hope you heard that. What Duner said, we're the new Boston. Oh, sweet out, sweet out, uh, shout out, sweet out, shout out to them. It's my, uh, it's my hometown. Hey, Luke, people want to reach out. How do they, how do they get in touch with you? Send me an email, Luke at freight.com. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Love to talk to anyone and everyone. So, yeah, please absolutely reach out. And we're happy to help here at Freight with everything that's going on. Thanks, Duner. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for stopping by today. Appreciate you. Take care. All right. Elsewhere. Ooh, now you're probably wondering what just happened there. So that is a banana container. And this guy almost lost his head. He definitely lost his hat right there. And uh, I'm not 100% sure what happened there, but f- the people who I've shown this to tell me that they put ripening agents on the bananas in there, and that, combined with the heat and the humidity, creates like this pressure system within the container here. And when it hits the, the regular, the normal air pressure, the outside just shot this door right at this guy's face. Don't even have to worry about the seal. Dangerous looking. John Seidel, Vice President of Risk Services Reliance Partners, man. That guy almost, I uh, hope he had his insurance up to date on his head. You ever seen anything uh, like yeah, that? You're yeah, you ever, you're 100% right, man. That, that looked dangerous. You ever seen that happen before? You ever seen the doors on a trailer just burst out at somebody? I mean, dry ice is another scenario where if you don't have that packaged right. I used to work for the FAA as a hazmat specialist. And the pressure from dry ice can cause something like that. So I've seen instances of that in my past, sure. John, are you a Wisconsin guy? Am I? Is that correct? Yeah, I used to be a state patrol inspector in Wisconsin, and I was an investigator with FMCSA. And then I was a hazmat agent with the dry ice for the FAA. So 23 years government regulator, all based in Wisconsin, northern Illinois. Interesting. How do you think Rogers is going to do on the Jets? Man, I gave up on Rogers like two or three years ago, right? <laughs> I mean, when he started growing his hair long and turning into a surfer, we kind of we kind of went south on that. So, you know, we've been spoiled here in Green Bay with Favre and Rogers, and you know, being being so close to the Bears, we understand what having a bad quarterback means. So, I hope this third one isn't like that. You know, I had <laughs> I had a bear tight end on here uh, last week, right? And we were talking about Cleveland versus um, who had it worse? It was Cleveland or uh, gosh, Cleveland or Chicago? Who had it worse of quarterbacks? And I think that he actually had two more quarterbacks throw to him than Cleveland. So, so rough times out there. But instead of rating quarterbacks, let's talk about FMCSA reviews and ratings, man. What are the possible outcome ratings, and how do they impact you? Well, I listen, if they come knock on your door, and there's many reasons that that happens, you can end up unsat, you can end up conditional, satisfactory, or non-rated. Non-rated and satisfactory will keep you with good freight, keep you away from um, massive litigation, and conditional and unsat are the negative ones. 
Conditional, you can keep operating, but unsaid, you need to get that upgrade or you're out of business. Okay, so what? first of all, how do I get nailed on these? And second of all, how do I fix them if I do get nailed? Well, I mean, to keep the feds from knocking on your door, keep your CSA scores low. The number one way they'll come knock on your door is elevated CSA score. Second one, high profile crash. You get in a real bad crash, it hits the media, they may come knock on your door. Third one is a complaint from anybody that is usually anonymous, but documented somehow. Keep your CSA scores low. Don't get a complaint. Don't have a bad crash. And they may never come knock on your door. If they do, though, right? They knock on my door. I got some bad ratings on here. I'm looking at my books and I'm like, man, we don't look so good right now. How do I fix this stuff? Well, first, what would cause a bad rating? They have two different types of violations, acute and critical. Acute violations are those that they think are so serious. You do it wrong one time, they're going to potentially give you one of those bad ratings, conditional or unsaid. Critical violations, you have to have a pattern of noncompliance in those key areas. Anything violation rate 10% or more could drive that critical. There's a bunch of other violations that aren't acute or critical. Not saying it's a good idea to have them, but you don't have to worry about those so much and getting a bad rating. So internally, do a little mock review. Make sure you don't have no acute and critical violations. And from the violation standpoint, you'll pass the review. Interesting. Okay. And then I passed the review, but is it like the corrective action plan? If I'm not mistaken, there's been some changes to that. Can you uh, get me up to speed? Yeah. So a corrective action plan is if you end up with an unsat or a conditional rating. In 45 days as a hazmat carrier, they're going to post it to the public. Non-hazmat carriers, 60 days. So in that 45 or 60 days, you can do what's called a corrective action plan. You have to demonstrate how you fixed all those acute and critical violations. If you have a high accident factor, out of service rate, same thing. What you used to have to do is put a packet together like in a binder, send it to the state that you're domiciled and they would review it. You send a second copy via mail, and this is just all mailed, to the service center that you're in. Your state would evaluate it, propose it as accepted or not, then the service center would approve it. Now, no more mailing. You have to go online and submit it electronically. Wow, wow. So a any advice when, when stuck in one of these situations? Um, who should I be talking to? Who should be advising me? Well, 385.17 in the regulation tells you exactly what you need to do to get this upgrade. The problem is a conditional rating, as you know, or even an unsat for sure, is a little death sentence as it relates to getting freight, especially in a down market. So those 45 and 60 day windows are important. You got to put this packet together and send it out. But here's the interesting thing, man. Prior to this change, Example, if you'd submit it to Wisconsin, they were real quick on turning them around. If you submitted it to Illinois, they have a backlog. It would take months and months and months. So Illinois carriers were at a disadvantage over Wisconsin carriers. Now that you submit it online, the state doesn't necessarily handle their own. It goes into a queue. First come, first serve. Whoever gets in first gets looked at first. So now Illinois carriers are going to see a turnaround quicker. Wisconsin carriers are going to see a delay in their turnaround, where before, if you were in Illinois, you had an, a disadvantage in getting that changed. Interesting. Do you like this change? Is it a good one? 
what's fair to the Illinois carriers. How come a Wisconsin federal employee who is efficient in what they do gets upgrades turned quickly? It isn't an advantage over Illinois carriers because those people are newer. There's more conditional carriers coming out of that greater Chicagoland area. So it wasn't fair before. Now it levels the playing field, makes it fair. Wow. Anything else we should know about these uh, these changes or these scores? Well, this is interesting. Remember I said that um, an unsat rating, you have to get it fixed or you're out of business. When you submit a corrective action plan as an unsat carrier, it goes right to the top of the list. So if you're conditional, you get queued in wherever you submit it. If you're unsat, it goes to the top. So carriers that are actually worse get a priority to get their upgrade done quicker. So think about that. You're a conditional carrier, and it takes two months to get upgraded. You're unsat. It might only take a week. So you actually get freight quicker than having a a rating that isn't as good. It's kind of unfair in that respect. Interesting. Well, you've given us a lot to think about, John. People who want to reach out, they need some more guidance on this. They, uh, They know they got some issues that they need to take care of. Who do I send them to? Well, I work for Reliance Partners. If you need insurance, truck insurance, auto liability, physical damage, cargo, GL, excess, workers' comp, all that, you go to www.reliancepartners.com. You want truck safety? You can go to www.truckingwins.com. It's an online training portal I have. So I sell insurance at Reliance Partners. I provide safety at Trucking Wins. It's just a combo. John, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Have a great week. Yep, you too, sir. Take it easy. All right. Let's tip the band. This episode of What the Truck is sponsored by Last Mile Delivery Leader Freight. When you need the best Last Mile Delivery drivers and vehicles, look to Freight. Sign up and get your first three deliveries free up to $300. Go to Freight.com and use the code FIRST3FREE. That's Freight.com. F-R-A-Y-T.com. This has been kind of an intense episode, so let's have a moment of zen. few weeks they get everything resolved they're just riding each other like turtles and bunnies and kittens it'd be awesome dan deegan owner at high performance logistics sales what's up dan how are you doing good brother how are you man <laughs> did you, you like that video to put you in a good place <laughs> sometimes i sit back and i go i don't know where you get some of this stuff but it's awesome man yeah, well, you know, you posting the one strap for the guy that's got, uh, you know, nine feet wide by 30 feet high uh, thing on the back of his pickup truck. <laughs> Where does he get all of these? Well, I, you know, I gave you the moment of Zen. Now it's time for terror again. Would you get out of the water if you see these sharks on a Miami beach, Dan? Look at this thing. Look how close to shore this shark is. Oh, wow, yeah. That's like that scene in Jaws, like the first Jaws, where little Timmy's in the water and his raft comes out all bloody. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. We were in uh, Florida, and we were we were in the water, and I thought I got bit by a shark. It ended up being a, a stingray or something. Ooh. But that thing, look at it, going right around people. Get out. Most people don't notice. It's like they're noticing, like, piecemeal. They need a... Uh... They need Roy Schneider there shooting the bluefish with his with his pistol. <laughs> Dan, it, Dan pe- people who don't know, they haven't caught you when you're on here last time, or they didn't catch you and us on your show about a week or two ago. Introduce yourself to this lovely audience. 
Oh, hey, everybody. My name is Dan Deegan. I'm a uh, founder of High Performance Logistics Sales and Bridger Sales System. Um, been in the industry, gosh, you know, going on close to 28 years now. I've mm-hmm. uh, been in brokerage sales and just I feel that there's a different way for people to sell. And our mission with both companies to help 10,000 sales reps generate a million dollars GP in under 12 months. You know what? Simple. I gotta give I gotta give you some cowbell because I learned something when I was on your show. And congratulations, you kicked cancer's ass, if I understand that correctly. We yes, didn't get to get yes, to the yes. story on, on your show because we're <laughs> talking about other stuff. But I'm curious, give me like the five minute or on, on like how did you learn about it? How did you overcome it? I uh, I had a toothache just before we were going to Dominican for my wife's 50th. And I went to the dentist because the last thing I wanted to do was get dental surgery or be on uh, whatever that freezing, teeth freezing stuff for the, nope, the entire trip. At Novocaine, that's yeah. it. And um, long story short, they found a lump in my lymph nodes here. Um, lo and behold, within three weeks, had a CT scan, and they found a 10.5 centimeter uh, tumor in my in my throat. And it went from my soft palate to my ingestion tube, down into my voice box, um, and then down into my esophagus. So needless to say, I thought I was getting sleep apnea and I thought I was just gaining too much weight and it was a tumor closing my throat as opposed to uh, sleep apnea. So I went through the whole sleep test and all the frigging things all over you. I don't know if you've ever been through one of those, but it's Not the yet. worst sleep of your life. Like you blink your eye and your toe moves because they're all attached to these wires um, and got told I got, you know, better get a machine. So, you know, expedited the machine and all in all, it was a tumor in my neck. Wow, so you, you get that, and that sounds bad. Like, I would be scared to death, especially I make a living talking. Yeah, you horrible. make a living talking. Someone's like, yeah. wait, they got to go into my neck. They got to go. This sounds like yeah. this could be a career ending, not, if not life ending, yeah. at least career ending. But for you, it's been neither. How, like, what was the process well, of recovery? Because they couldn't do surgery. It was too big. They oh. said, if we do surgery, you won't be able to speak. Like, we'll have to pull out half your voice box. I'm actually, I'm, for those that don't know me, for those that know me, they could tell my voice is a lot different now. Yeah. Um, so I'm still struggling with the voice. Uh, I couldn't eat for 10 months. Um, I went through 35 rounds of radiation, three rounds of chemo. Um, was out like a light. I would drop. I was 207 going in. I'm at my lowest during uh, recovery. I was 142 pounds. I'm back up to like 165 now. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a. Uh, and I, I say that with a smile because, um, you know, I know we talked about it a little bit on on my show. Uh, last week or two weeks ago, Junior, but you know what? I had to go through it. I had to go through it to realize some things that were important in life. Right. And it was, for me, it was all business, business, business. It was, um, you know, I thought I had do, I would do business family, but I was more 90% business, 10% family. And it taught me a lot of things. I'm actually glad I went through it, believe it or not. I know it sounds crazy, but you have to, you have to find the light in in the darkness. You know, it's like for me when I when I went to rehab for depression and alcoholism. I'm glad I went. Like I'm glad. Like I'd, I'd rather not suffer from either of those things. But I'm really glad mm-hmm. I got it treated just like you. Like you can take hope in the fact that at least you're making progress against this thing and you've identified it and you're aware yeah. of it and you're moving mm-hmm. forward. Did you? Did you? Were you still working during all this time, or did you? Did you take some time? No, I couldn't help? because of the, the nature of my. Um... So the nature of my business was obviously um, a lot of one-on-one training, a lot of group training through my courses. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would always have group training um, to everyone. And I, I just didn't feel right selling my courses. Um, 
while I couldn't deliver on the second piece of it, right? So there's 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 online courses and sales training and all that kind of stuff. But at some point in time, regardless of the online course, I've done thousands of them, um, you get stuck because you're like, well, you said this, but I'm not quite sure how to implement it and all this. So what I would do is three days a week, I would get on and I would take questions from my students and I'd answer them the best I could. I'd bring experts on. I'd bring best-selling authors on and all this. So I was always allowing my students to get further ahead. And I didn't want them to be stuck for more than 48 hours. Um, and then when I got diagnosed and they explained to me kind of how the treatment was going to go and what to expect, um, you know, they put a feeding tube in my stomach and they said, you know, expect to the point where you won't be able to talk, you won't be able to eat, you won't be able to swallow, your mouth will be very swollen, you'll have blisters and stuff in your gums because the radiation came right here, right across my neck. Um, you know, I still have no saliva. Um, so I have to drink water when I eat and use water as my saliva. Interesting. So understanding all of this, I said, you know what? There's not a chance. I can't. I just can't take people's money and not deliver 10 to 20 times the value for the money they give me. So I elected to just kind of not shut the business down, but actively stop selling, actively stop promoting, turned off all my ads and everything and just kind of let it coast for, well, what would be a year and a half. Wow. Wow. So, and then you, yeah. but then you come back in and you're like in the middle of this freight recession, right? So like yeah. you're, you're starting back up. Yeah. How, how has that been? And like, how are you advising people now on, on how to approach a market like this? Well, I mean, here's the thing when it comes to freight recession, right? It depends on the market you're in. Yeah. Um, I kept clients and they were a little slow. So during um, the beginning of the recession, a lot of my plastics clients and my recycled plastic clients were booming. Um, now all of my construction clients are booming. Um, so I've always said from day one, it, it's not, it's, it's the areas you're in, like call it niche, call it whatever you want to call it. It's the commodities that you work inside. Like there's no freight recession in pharmaceuticals. Right. When you really think about it, people still need, whether it be generic or for or the big brands, people still need the Tylenol. People still get their prescriptions. People still get all that. So that really isn't going to see a recession, if you will. Um, right now, we've got a boom going on in housing and stuff. And and so the bricks, the drywall, all this ease trough, the facing, you know, the, all that kind of stuff is all booming. Um, if you're in retail, you're you're probably being hit pretty good. Um, you know, I was reading down at the bottom, there was a company that said they're 60% less earnings in Q2. That's a huge uh, discount. And, but here's the opposite side of it doing earn. And we we've said this, you and I have talked about this many times. Now's the time to invest in your people. Now's the time to invest in systems that help your people achieve the mission that you want to achieve. Now's the time. I mean, companies make billions in recessions when they, when they double down and invest in themselves. Yeah. What's your best advice for like a, a rep though that's getting beat in this market? Looked start hunting somewhere else. Like it, you know, it's like gathering produce or something or or no. picking uh, apples out of trees. If you picked all the apples out of the tree or they're just not growing back, it's a bad you gotta go to a different tree. You gotta go to a different town. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure. I mean, I mean, listen, if if your commodities that you have right now for starting, we'll start there. Um, if the commodities you have right now are not being you know, if, if you've had a drop, they're not being sold at the, at the pace that they were. Um, you've got to start looking in different commodities. 
right? Housing markets, things that we use, like already shovels and stuff are going to start hitting the shores to stores anytime now because people need that stuff for winter, um, winter stuff, seasonal, all that kind of stuff. I mean, sit there and diverse your net, diversify your network. Like as a salesperson, it used to be, and, and I back in the day when I first started selling, it was like, you know, you get into automotive and you're set for life. What we've realized during A, the pandemic and B, right now, the roller coaster ride that is the world of logistics does not account for you to have a one truck pony, you know, and we look at that. I mean, where I live, Warren Gibson is passing by every three minutes on its way to the Alliston plant, the Honda Alliston plant. And during COVID, that was like once every four hours. So you can imagine if the hurt that they got put on when they didn't have that kind of volume because there just wasn't stuff producing. So it's diversifying that in every every aspect of your business, diversifying where you sell, when you sell. You know, it gets real boring just coming into four walls and just selling, you know, talk to your manager, say, can I go work from a coffee shop or something or go work from a park bench on a beautiful summer day? You know, that diversity helps you as a salesperson do more, be more and achieve more. Look at the systems you're using. You know, for the last almost two years, we've been creating a system that's designed specific for logistics sales reps to help them sell better. And what systems are you using? Are you using a clunky, you know, generic CRM that's actually caught, taking more time to find the information out than it's helping you sell? Invest in the systems that are going to help you diversify. Fact is, you know, big one, big one is doing her. You know, for all of those out there that that are, well, you know, it's, it's just a down market. Nobody wants to talk to me. There's salespeople out there that I talk to that every second call is now somebody answering and having the conversation because I believe personally, um, shippers know it's just the bottom before it starts climbing again. And before you know, we're going to be in a similar position we were in 2018 and during COVID, maybe not as bad as probably never as bad as COVID. But if we look back to 2018 kind of area where capacity exceeded the amount of trucks, we're going to get there. We are going to get there. And it's just, you know, I don't, I don't know about you doing it, but I've lived through a couple of these now. Yeah. You know, one big one was the 2008-09 bailout. I mean, you're not going to get any worse than that. So it's just another phase in logistics. It just happens to be, you know, over 12 years before it hit again. And it was a more of a COVID. But I also think um, a lot of people started to get the, opinion that COVID was the new norm. Like the amount of money, like the reality is you didn't have to be a good salesperson during COVID. You just had to be able to find a truck and you can make money. And right away, a lot, a lot of people, um, I remember having this call conversation with Ryan and a whole bunch of other, other, other mentors and, and colleagues of mine, where I said, you know, this is going to bring out the good salespeople because we also need to just like we need to thin out the herd, if you will, for trucking companies that jumped in during COVID, we need to thin out the herd for brokerage companies that hired crap salespeople that really couldn't sell, but they made money just because they found trucks. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, Dan, what about selling the right way, though? I'm going to show you a video of a double broker bragging and want to see your reaction to it afterwards. So roll this tape. So if you couldn't tell by that guy's video, he's an actual fraud. Uh, and you could tell. So I guess I'm feeling a little generous. So I'm going to give a clown a little bit of clout since you guys could tell he doesn't have any views. 
uh, for this idiot to say that I don't know what IFTAs is. I pay my IFTAs every quarter. That's every three months. I have my IFTA uh, tag on the side of my truck. I do factoring. My factoring company is LVMV Corp. You could go check it out yourself. 2.5% rate if I want my quick pays. At the end of the day, I have eight Freightliner uh, Cascadias and I have nine drivers. One of them team, eight solos. But you're a truck driver. I'm a truck company owner. You drive for me, you dumb dumb. You stupid. Got the Maybach. Got the Lamborghini. Got the $1.5 million house. What you doing? You making a fool out of yourself, bro. Running around, sitting in your truck. You're a dumb dumb. You telling people I'm a scam. Hit up my clients, dummy. Hit up my clients and ask them how they doing right now. Every one of my clients, minimum, taking home $10,000 a month after they're paying their drivers. After filling up fuel and... Oh, yeah, I double broker. I've probably double brokered a load to you. And I teach all of my clients to double broker. For people that don't know what double brokering is, you book a load with your carrier MC from a broker and you resell it to another carrier. <laughs> yeah, double broker. Guess what? I've probably double brokered a load to your So at the end of the day, don't get mad. I know you're doing bad with loads. Call me. I could get you right now from LA to Florida about $7,000. They're full load partials that I'm going to sell to you for way cheaper. I'm going to make about a 1000 off you because I'm double brokering it. But tap in with me, bro. Peace. Okay. D-bag right here, this guy, G-Face. Uh, he was responding. He was responding to my Mike Lombard's a truck driver who called him out on TikTok for, for scamming. And he admits to it there and even names his factoring company, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have words, Dooner. Um, it's gotten brazen, that is hasn't unreal. it? It's gotten brazen. Like brazen, it's beyond brazen. Beyond, but you know what? Pay attention to the source. Yeah. Right? So you look at this guy. Um, you, you look at probably you go to some of his other videos. You go to some of his other stuff that he's talking about. And I've always said pay attention to the source. Because I bet you if you go to those, it wouldn't surprise you what he just said right now. It really wouldn't. I mean, when you really think about it, so if, if, if you were to, you know, for lack of a better term, troll him, um, I, I bet you he's got that kind of attitude, demeanor, and way of doing business on so many levels. So many levels. And in the end, um, you know, we sit there and we're shocked. But I bet you if we watch 10 or 15 more videos, it'd be like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he said that. No, I, and I'm not even shocked. Me. I mean, I know the source a it's little bit. I've seen it every time someone like talks about potential scammer. It's one of his videos that they that guy's videos that they send me. So it doesn't surprise me that he's out there. I mean, I don't know if he owns those. I'd like to see the notes on those cars. You sure those not rentals, G Face? I'm not really sure. But it's- <laughs> you don't, you don't, right? I mean, and that's the thing with social media, right? Is what is real, what isn't? I remember when there was that. I mean, if you remember, like a couple of years back, there was that phase where. Um, dispatch companies first started really emerging in our industry and the dispatch companies were saying you know what oh you know here's all this money look at i drive this lamborghini and all you got to need is a cell phone and a laptop and you can make all this money in this industry you know what i mean and it's you know then you find out later on they rented the lamborghini and they, they did all this you know but it was uh, Brother, I used to work you know, in the music industry. Brain. I know how to front for the camera. Yeah. I mean, like sometimes you got to front, yeah. and, and that's what you might be seeing there. That's why he's calling out his house, man. It's like, that's an insecure 
An insecure man. Um, Very insecure. Dan, people who want to connect with you, man, they want to watch your show, they want to get their sales knowledge up, or they just want to congratulate you on what you've done against cancer, where do I send them to? So we have a a daily live show on, uh, gosh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube called Sales Chatter Live. And the mission of the show is to give all salespeople new tools, strategies, ideas. We bring guests on all the time. Um, next week we got a guest on talking about LinkedIn and how to really develop a business strategy around LinkedIn. Um, so that's with Ryan Mohammed and myself. Um, you can tune in every morning live at 11 AM. You can check us out on podcast, which is on every single podcast, iHeartRadio, Apple, all that kind of stuff, YouTube podcasts. Um, or you can get in touch with me on LinkedIn. Dan Deegan is my handle on LinkedIn at Dan Deegan, D-E-I-G-A-N-H-P-L-S is my, uh, Facebook and Instagram handle. You can get a hold of me there as well. Um, just DM me. I'll be around. Dan, thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on the show. Appreciate it, Dooner. Take care, take, my man. Take it easy. All right, we got, um, let's skip, we'll skip Ed. I'll save Ed for Wednesday. Let's look at Life After Yellow. This guy is for drivers there. They heard the beginning of the show. They know what is going on. They maybe want to get out of the company um, because of all this drama, the generational feud, the Teamster feud, the company feud. Here's a video from one carrier who's looking for you. Good morning, TikTok. Chris Smith at Ploger Transportation, Norwalk, Ohio. Drivers coming in for the weekend for reset. I want to welcome you home. Hope you have a great weekend with your family. I want to get on here this morning and talk to you about the situation at Yellow Freight. Um, It's looking pretty grim for the drivers there. And again, the middle class truck drivers getting dealt the sandwich out of all this. Um, Not looking good. Uh, There's a lot of blame to go around. I don't want to talk about that, but... uh, If you are in Northern Ohio, if you're at the Toledo Terminal, the Richfield Terminal, Maslin Road in Akron, if you are ready to get the out of there and find another job, we are here for you. Um, I want you to give me a call, 866-964-0221. We are a regional carrier. You will be out all week and home on the weekends. Um, The Maslin Road Terminal sounds like it's getting ready to shut down. The Westchester Terminal is getting ready to shut down. Uh, my dad was number one on the seniority poll there at uh, Maslin Road for 20 years, had 33 years in the Teamsters. A lot of things have changed since 1995 when my dad retired. So I wanted to hop on here, offer you guys a position. If you're ready to jump ship, get the hell out of there, give me a call, 866-964-0221. We're hiring from Columbus North. So um, give me a call. Keep your head up, stay safe, and keep on trucking. Amen. Patrick Vallele says, got a feel for all the drivers, new and old. 9090 Hood Snipe says, uh, he's been there for two years. He thinks he's making good money, but he's not. So much damn hate. The new people just don't understand. Well, I mean, they're newer in their career, man. Justin O'Leary says, I'm confused as to why there's such a stir over UPS potentially going on strike. It will only potentially impact parcel deliveries. They sold their FTL and LTL to TFI several years ago. Well, there's a lot of, well, for one, there's a lot of parcel deliveries, Justin. Uh, Kella, but, I, I, you know, we think some of it will be able to be picked up. Although, I don't think UPS is going to go on strike. I think they resolve it. Yellow may be a different story. Kalila says, Jay was disrespectful. I didn't think so at all. Jay just is coming from a different perspective. He has, he's not there for 30 years. He's there for two. He just thinks a little bit differently. Uh, JL says, I I never say I never said we're making good money. Oh, that might have been Jay who was out. Yeah, Jay's like, I didn't say we're making good money. We're just getting by. Hey, thank you to both those drivers who came on, even if they didn't 100% agree. Find me at Timothy Donuts, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find the show at FW What the Truck. Subscribe to us wherever you get uh, audio podcasts or look us up on Freakwaves YouTube. Take care and don't be a stranger.